Hey, welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and to trust Him more. To keep up with us or to get more information, visit CelebrationChurchLive.com. We are in the uh, third part of our Christmas Lights series, and uh, we've just been looking at these things that, these lights that we need to make sure are turned on, that, that, they're, that they're activated, because lights, well, they, they help us to see. They help us to, to be able to acknowledge what's going on and, and be able to interact in, in a healthy way. Um, and so as we're going through this season, so many times we can get so busy and even into routines. And we just want for you and I who acknowledge the real reason for the season, that it's 100% about Jesus and, and that incredible gift. They want to make sure that all these lights are turned on. We've gone through the room and we've just turned them all on so that we can fully, fully see. If you've got your, your app, if you've got your um, bulletin, however it is you're going to track with us, that we've led off with this idea that the truth of Christmas it shines a light on the truth of God's love. That's the whole Christmas season is about the fact that God loves us and loves us so much that he gave his son. That's what it's about. But there's a space where you and I, we need to be mindful that nothing comes in and kind of robs us of that. And that's why we've looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. It says, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Your sincere and pure devotion. We've gathered here because our hearts, we want that. We have sincere and pure devotion. But there's a place where as the enemy comes in and uses his little tools and tactics to try to steer away our sincere and pure devotion, that we're going to be mindful. So we're, so we're going to turn the lights on. We're going to, week one, we talked about the light of worship, and we're going to make sure we're worshiping throughout this season. Last week, we talked about the light of sharing and, and being able to take these moments to share about what God has done in our life and the good news that, the, of, that Christ has come. And then today, we're going to look at making sure we've got the light of peace on. Because this should be a season of peace. And peace is, it's connected to rest. It's connected to being willing to, to be still and, and allow God's peace to, to be steady in our hearts. In fact, I wasn't joking um, as Adon is still asleep there. He's, he's moved around. He walked up here asleep on his daddy's shoulder. He had this entire moment that was significant and special. And he slept through it and he's still asleep. He is still resting on his dad. He is at peace. Peace is connected with rest and you know, our world, we like to move forward. We like to, to, to just go as quick as possible. But there are times where we need, we need to break. We need to pop the brakes sometimes. In fact, you know, uh, every vehicle is going to have at least two pedals. The best 
vehicles have three pedals. And so, uh, but every vehicle has at least two pedals. And so you got the, you got the go fast pedal and you got the whoa, 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 slow down pedal. And so most of us will tend to gravitate towards one or the other. And the truth is, is just watching uh, all you driving in San Angelo, I think you can kind of like the one on the right the most. And so, and kind of, kind of like to go a little bit. And I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. And, uh, and so, but there's a time we have to understand it's time to break. And um, we have uh, seven kids and um, five of them are well into their driving years. And so we've had to go through driver's ed five times. And so um, I was insane um, with Keenan, my first one, and I thought I could teach him how to drive. Um, I did not realize um, how much I still needed the work of the Holy Spirit uh, on patience, gentleness uh, in my life. And uh, so very quickly, like, no, we are paying the money. We will find it. I will, I will sell plasma. Something will happen. And we are paying to go to salvage my relationship with that kid. And, um, and so, but then Brooklyn came along and I'm like, oh, okay, no, 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 no. Okay. She's my, she's my baby girl. Like, like I can be patient with baby girl, like Keenan, he's my boy. I'm like, boy, you better straighten up. But, but I got my little soft daddy heart towards baby girl. Um, until I tried to teach her how to parallel park <laughs> and said, nope, we're spending the money again. <laughs> because the first time we went to parallel park, she is parallel parking and you're trying to get between two things. And I gave lots of space and we're parallel parking on our street and there's two cars, but I gave a lot of space, make it easy. And, uh, but I didn't have that amazing thing the driver's ed car have. I didn't have my own brake. I had, the only brake I have is how loud I can get in their ear. That's my brake. And so uh, Brooklyn is parallel parking and she is getting it and getting it almost in and gonna get it lined up just right. And she's looking back, everything's going good until she goes to hit uh, her brake and misses and hits the accelerator. And we're in a tight space and she hits the, she hits the accelerator instead of the brake. And then, yeah, and then all of a sudden I treat her like Keenan and I'm, I'm, I'm hollering at her. I'm tolerant of her. They're like, okay, we're, no, 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 forget this. Um, there's been enough tension and tears. Uh, we will we'll hire someone to do this for us. And uh, oh, okay. And and she, I will acknowledge that she is the she's the only one of our household that got a 100 on their DPS driving part. She did, she did do fantastic. Um, I think it was because of that moment with the parallel parking. I think that was what put it over the top. And so, but in that moment, there, there those little moments where you realize that uh, breaking, knowing when to break is important. Knowing when to hit the brakes, it's, it's vital. And that during this season, it is it's built into the, the holidays are a time for us to hit the brakes, for us to 
pause for us to slow down. You and I are hardwired from the original design to need some rest season, some rest moments. I'm just going to be honest. This is something that I've been growing in over the last year. I, I can't tell how many different people have have offered me these this same book over and over and over again um, that focuses on learning how to live life at the pace Jesus lived, which was about two and a half miles an hour, just a, a walk pace, and learning to be able to just move in that space. And I, this is something I, I like. I said I'm I'm learning how to do in a in a deeper way. But the Christmas season is a great time. And it can be a very good reset. And it's needed. Why? Because for us, our new year, it starts right on the heels of this season. And we tend to hit the new year running. We tend to hit the new year with all these goals and desires and all of these different things that we want to do. And if we think we're going to rest once the holidays are over, that's a joke. Because you'll set your alarm to go to that brand new gym that you just signed up for, hit the snooze three times and say, I'll go tomorrow. But then there'll be this weight and this pressure and all these different things. No, we have to learn how to rest. See, God himself created all that we see and know, put everything into motion in six days and on the seventh day he rested. Rest is not a product of the fall and because we sin, that somehow, but because we sin and we push things so hard, we need to calm down and rest. No, rest is needed outside of our sin nature. It's the way we're built. We need rest. We are hardwired for rest in Christmas. It's a time of peace and peace and should be about resting in what Christ has done. In fact, when we revisit Luke chapter 2 and the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2 verse 14 says, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to whom, to men on whom his favor rests. There can be peace on earth because God's favor rests on us. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful image. It's not that his favor shows up and then it leaves and then it shows up and then it leaves and or you've got to chase his favor down. Position yourself for favor. No, it's his favor rests on us. That's the whole good news of Jesus. It's that he has decided for humanity that his favor is resting on us. If we will just turn our eyes to him, our attention to him, the one on whose favor rests on us, then we can begin to shift and embrace the peace that he gives us. In Luke chapter two, verse 19, it says, but Mary treasured all these things and, and pondered them in her heart. This moment comes along right after her quiet little moment with Jesus and Joseph after the delivery in a stable um, that some smelly shepherds come in, just come in and are full of joy, 
It's an amazing story that this, these angels had shown up and declared who their child was, this beautiful place of confirmation. That's what just happened. And it's in this moment that she treasures and ponders. Now she is in this place that she is willing to take this moment and savor this moment in an unsavory moment. She's just given birth. She's not feeling at the top of her game. She's in a stable, a place she did not mean to be or want to be. She still is in a, in a place she doesn't live. She's got a journey now back to Nazareth. She's got to go back to a space that she is to finally get home. She has a journey ahead of her. She's in an unpleasant place. She still has the stigma that is hanging over her, that she was this engaged young lady that shows up pregnant and Joseph does the noble thing and just marries her anyway and all of the chatter. She's not in this savory moment, but she savors the moment, even in an unsavory moment. If you are waiting for everything to just kind of line up for you to just pause and thank God for all that he's actively doing in your life, you're not going to find one. It's never going to chill out enough. Everything's never, not everything's going to be aligned the way you want it to be aligned for you to finally go, oh God, I'm going to take all of this in. What a beautiful moment. No, she was willing to see that it was a beautiful moment. When a lot of people would have looked through the window and said, that's not a beautiful moment. If anybody has a reason to gripe, it's that young lady. But she didn't do it. She recognized that God's at work. God's at work. These strange shepherds, they just parched in. But they had news that my son is who the angel told me he would be. That all of the tension, all of the effort, all of the uncomfortable surroundings are worth it because God is at work. When we begin to see him at work, we can begin to embrace peace even in the middle of an unsavory moment. I love the way the Good News Bible puts Luke chapter 2 verse 19. It says that Mary remembered all these things and thought deeply about them. There's a place where we need to practice that a little more. Thinking deeply about how God is at work in our lives. There's a little nugget of wisdom in Proverbs chapter 23 that tells us verse four, it says, do not overwork to be rich, but because of your own understanding, cease. Now the Proverbs is full of Proverbs about being diligent, about being hardworking, about being faithful, that if you don't do that, then poverty is right at your door. Need is right at your door. Lack is right at your door if you don't do those things. But there's a time where we need to, because we understand exactly all of what's going on, we need to cease. We need to pause. 
we need to hit the brakes to not get into this driven thing. The truth is, is when we find ourselves in a place of being driven, it's usually because we don't recognize that God's really the one who has our back. We feel like we've got to carry the load. We feel like we have to do it. We, we are not recognizing that he's the one who's with us. Our drivenness is because we're struggling to trust God. I see choosing to cease is choosing peace. When we choose to cease, that's when we can choose peace because peace is with us all the time. It's with us all the time. It's not a destination we arrive at. It should be a place we live in. See, peace, it's knowing that God can be trusted. It's knowing that God can be trusted. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We begin to see that our joy and peace increases as we trust in him. They don't increase as our situations calm down. No, it's as our trust level goes up. That's why our core mission is to help you to know God better and to trust him more. All of the things that your heart hungers for are found in trusting God. They're all found there. All of the peace, all of the joy, all of those things. And here's what is so cool. Here's what's so cool. You and I are designed to have joy and peace so active in our life that they spill over. That it comes out and it begins to get on the people around us. You've had people in your life who are so unat peace. They're just completely distressed all the time that it's hard to be around them because their unrest spills onto you, spills onto the people around them. But there's also been people you've been, you've gravitated to. There's been people you've been around and when things are tumultuous in your life, you want to get around these people. Why? Because they have so much joy and so much peace that when you get around them, it spills onto you a little bit. That all of a sudden just getting in their presence begins to calm you down a little bit. Folks, that's what God has called us to be. He's called us to be people that overflow with, with joy and with peace because we're trusting in him. How attractional would the church be? I pray that some of you have even experienced this this morning, that as you walk into this space, not because of this building or any of this, but because of the, the hearts of the people, that some of your frustration level just kind of goes down a little bit. That as we gather and begin to lift up our Savior and magnify him, make him bigger than the stresses and the stuff we're dealing with, that all of a sudden 
the, the frustration begins to go away and peace begins to flood our hearts that we get this overspill. And how cool is it? Just imagine my peace spilling on you and your peace spilling onto me. That all of a sudden when my level starts to go down a little bit, yours starts to bubble over and fill me up. And yours starts to go down a little bit, mine bubbles over and fills you up. This is the way God wants to work. It's, it's kind of like maybe we're a body. We're knit together. That all of a sudden one begins to supply what the other one is lacking and vice versa. What a beautiful thing God is doing in our lives. And 2 Peter 1, 2 says, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of, our, and of Jesus our Lord. As we begin to understand him, our peace level goes up. This is the problem with broken theology. If you have a theological perspective that the baseline is God is mad at you the bulk of the time, that you have to do everything just right to be able to connect with him, then when you think of God, your peace level goes down. Because all of a sudden, you're just like, he's mad at me. I know I blew it on this. I didn't do this right. Man, my thought life has been all over the place. The way I responded to my coworker, yeah, I know God's not happy about that. <laughs> but the truth is, I'd do it again. They're punk. <laughs> and I know now God's not happy about that either. And so when you have this idea that God is, has this this idea that he's mad at you all the time well then you think about God and your peace level goes down you begin to increase your idea of God and your peace level goes down where we're called that, that as we begin to know him our peace level goes up if when you've leaned into God and your peace level went down you were leaning in to a false view of God because your peace level should have gone up that's why the, the gospel begins with the fact that we are, we are forgiven. It's not that we can be forgiven. It's we are forgiven. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. It is accomplished. It is done. And all of a sudden we begin to get a hold of that and our peace level goes up. Oh my goodness, I'm forgiven. Even for that, even for that. And then now it begins to work in our life and transform us and change us and our peace level goes up. Ah! Jude 1, 2 says, mercy and peace and love be yours in abundance. In abundance. John 14, 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. The Hebrew word for peace which is the word Jesus would be using with his disciples is shalom. And a very simple definition covers all the bases of shalom. And it means nothing missing and nothing broken. You think of the places in your life where you lack peace and it's because either something is missing or something is broken or you're afraid that something will be missing or something will be broken. You have a relationship 
that's missing or you have a relationship that's broken. You have finances that are missing. You have finances that are broken. You have vision for your life that's missing or vision for your life that's broken. And all of those scenarios, peace is gone. The shalom of God, it's gone. But when we begin to invite him into those places, then the peace level naturally goes up. And that's God's desire for us. It's everything that he's called good. It's not missing or broken. Here's our problem. is sometimes we begin to hang on to something and we want it in our lives and God wants that missing. He's like, that's not healthy and that's not good. And as long as we try to hang on to something that he's called not good for us, we will never have peace. We'll never, ever, ever have peace. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I did not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The truth is, is that Jesus, he's covered all the bases. And when he stands up in Luke chapter four and reads from the prophet Isaiah, he declares the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. There is not a single area of your life that's not covered in that declaration. He's covered every base. That's why we can trust him. That's why we can be at peace in his presence. See, celebrating the birth of the Prince of Peace means letting his peace rule our hearts. Colossians chapter three, verse 15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. We gotta let it rule. Why? Because there's tension. There's tension. There's tension. And the truth is, is that our minds, they think they're well informed on our situation. And we begin to pray and the spirit begins to remind us that God's with us and he's got it. But then our minds kick in and say, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And here's the tension is we begin to give more credence to what we think than what the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts. And we forget that the Holy Spirit sees things we don't see, knows things we don't know, and can do things we can't do. So if you've got someone in you who knows things you don't know, sees things you don't see, and can do things you can't do, and is speaking to you that he's got you, that's when you begin to defer to that over all of the rational reasons of why it's not going to work. And we let his voice rule in our hearts. Why? Because there is a battle. There's other things that want to rule in your heart. Anxiety, it wants to rule in your heart. It wants to rule. Anybody who's ever battled with anxiety knows you get a a win and then anxiety looks for the next opportunity to insert itself again. It wants to rule. It wants to rule. And that's why we have to relearn how to walk in peace. Peace and anxiety, they don't coexist together. 
peace will push out anxiety. We think anxiety pushes out peace. No, you begin to choose to meditate on the peace that God's given you and watch anxiety flee. Choose peace and watch anxiety go. Uncertainty and wants to rule. Fear wants to rule. Chaos wants to rule. But we have to choose to let peace rule. John chapter 16 verse 33 says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And as we close in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Now this isn't about the U.S. government, any other national government. It's about your government. Who are you going to let rule? If we need to let his, our, that government, our personal government, who we're going to let rule in our lives, let it be on his shoulders. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. What a beautiful thing that it's not just for a season. We just let Jesus rule for a season and then we can kind of take it back. Let him come in and to kind of do a little makeover and then we're like, give me the keys back. No, it's to his rule. There's an increase. There's no end. We just keep giving him more and more space in our lives. Just keep yielding more and more. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing, upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Our bottom line this morning is this, that only the Prince of Peace can bring true peace. And as we choose to embrace the peace that he has given us, the peace in this season, we're going to have to take moments to hit the brakes, to pause, to ponder, to cherish, to let him work in our lives. But the way this begins, the way this starts is you have to say yes to him to begin with. You have to say yes to him as savior and then you can let him be Lord. But he has to be the one who's accomplished it first. Not you, not your striving, not your hard work, not your second chances, but embrace that he's already done it. And then you can let him be Lord and let him rule. Thank you for listening to this message from Celebration Church. You can keep up with all that God is doing here at Celebration by following us on Facebook and Instagram.